Welcome to Health Naturally on 2 and FM. Greg Richard, joined by Dennis Stewart. Great to see you back once again, Dennis. Very good to be with you, Greg. Very good to be with you. You're dressed very appropriately there, collar and tie, suit and oh, all the gear. Suit. Well, it's more of a, a flannel suit <laughs> but <laughs> for flannel Fridays. No, but <laughs> no, it's good to be with you. Dennis, last week you, sp- well, you touched on South American, oh, sorry, South Asian and Indian medicines yes. in the herbs, yes. which still is two of them. Yes, we spoke about a herb called Shadavari mm-hmm. and another herb called Withania, which is also known as Ashwagandha. And I said last week that I would uh, take up a couple more important uh, herbs from that tradition. So I'm going to do that this morning. Hopefully. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. And Dennis, we'll try to talk about Indian and South Asian mm. medicine. There's mm. a couple of herbs you want to mention on, but we've got a couple of calls coming through at the moment. Okay. Who have we got there? I was just bringing up, Dennis, about Grover's disease. Oh, yes. It's, uh, you, you experience Grover's disease, do you? A friend of mine has it, yeah. yes, and we've tried everything. Yeah, look, uh, Grover's disease is a difficult disease to treat. It's a, a stubborn uh, skin condition uh, ca- characterised by blotches and uh, what is what's is sometimes um, confused a little bit with other skin conditions such as psoriasis or dermatitis. Um I find I have only treated it occasionally and not with much success. And I say that um, honestly, but I suspect also that um, many mainstream general practitioners and perhaps even um, dermatologists would have found that Grover's disease is uh, is a problem, put it that way. I have no um, off-the-cuff recommendations, so unfortunately you've caught me out. Oh, no, I just thought you'd be able to help us. We have been to a dermatologist yes. tried cream after cream after yes. cream. Look, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw something in for yeah. you to, to consider. In, in, in natural medicine, and particularly traditional naturopathic medicine, the skin in its various states of disease is frequently or nearly always related uh, to the, uh, what's going on inside. Old herbalists a couple of generations ago would say that a skin disease indicated, if you like, um, the need to detoxify the blood, to purify the bloodstream. Now, these terms are embarrassing to use today, even within our traditional system. But very frequently, chronic uh, skin conditions, when persevered with, with what are still referred to in our literature as blood purifying herbs, detoxifying remedies, very frequently when they're persevered with, a result emerges. And this has been noted with conditions that are much more popular, I suggest, than Grover's disease, but pretty chronic diseases such as psoriasis. So I throw that in, and um, English herbalists that that I studied with and whose literature I have great respect for, um, there was, I'll mention two writers, and you may be able to Google their book to get confirmation of what I have said. There, yeah. there were two English herbalists. The one of them was was Alfred Priest, and his daughter. He had a daughter. Um, I can't recollect her first name, but the book is just called Medicinal Herbs, yeah. by by Priest and Priest, Priest and Priest. Now, it's a fascinating work. When uh, I conducted or ran Southern Cross Herbal School years ago. And even when we were teaching the herbal medicine course here at the Arimba campus of the university, the book by Priest and Priest was used as a textbook 
for looking at traditional ideas of prescribing. It would still be available. Amazon, I'm sure, would have it. It is yep. not that not it is not that expensive. Years uh-huh. ago, years ago, the National Institute of Medical Herbalists in the UK, you could Google them. They're a leading institution of medicinal uh, practitioner, uh, herbal medicine practitioners. They also were advertising priest and priest book on herbal medicine. Uh, you could get hold of it and read the section in that book entitled Alteratives, A-L-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E-S. They are the bracket of herbs that have long been used to treat chronic, stubborn, difficult skin conditions based on the philosophy that I've been talking about. Now, I know that's a mouthful for you, but you'll find some help in it, particularly when the uh, priest and priest make the statement that a chronic skin condition to be treated successfully needs to be treated chronically, that is, over a long period of time. It's worthwhile reading. And through diet? You mean diet? Uh, Mainly a group of herbs. Okay. The emphasis on a group of herbs and... Interestingly, they are, they are readily available herbs, very traditional remedies. If you wanted to follow it up, I'd be very happy to help you. Yes, that'd be great. Would turmeric be one of them? Uh, turmeric would not be one of those because turmeric is a, a heating herb, and oh. most skin conditions are treated with uh, the herbs that the, the Chinese would refer to as having cooling characteristics. So the alteratives oh. are cooling herbs to address yeah. uh, um, the, the philosophy of seeing the blood implicated. Now, medical practitioners would laugh at that. And look, these days we don't use the, the, the crudeness of that language, but we still talk about the need to treat holistically and see the herbs that we prescribe being, if you like, still in the bracket of what the older herbalists would have referred to as detoxifying or blood purifying remedies. All right. No, that's excellent. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. We've got Brian now from Bellbird, and his granddaughter's got bad dermatitis from washing her hands a lot. Hi, Brian. Yeah, good day, mate. How are you? Thanks for taking the call. Uh, my problem with my granddaughter is similar to what that lady's was. It's not so much washing her hands all the time. She's yes. had this. She's 23 now, but she's had it since she's about 15. But I was walking the other night, and it seems to be like... Even on her fingertips, that the skin is coming off, and her fingertips are like blotchy purple and different yes. colours, and her fingers. Yes, uh, obviously, Brian, she's had uh, this investigated over the years. And, oh, mate, and, they just yeah. keep giving her creams and yeah. creams and creams, and yeah. I think she's got to the stage now where she doesn't use anything really because oh, dear, nothing dear. seems to. Okay. I rung you once before. I, I had this bad rash on my arm where yes. I, I just itch and itch yes. until I bled and the yeah. hospital couldn't find out. They'd done all the tests. And you know, I think you give me a bottle of your ointment out of your surgery. It's yes. like, a, like a black licorice ointment, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You would, you, it would have been what was called the GA complex cream, which yeah. has some uh, pine tar or oil of cade in it. Would now, that be any good for her, something like that? Brian, what I'm going to do is suggest that you ring my rooms at New Lambton and we'll send you, free of charge, a jar of the ointment for your daughter to try. You've taken the time to trouble to, to ring the program yeah. and, and we appreciate that. Uh, it's the least that I can do. It will cost you nothing. Um, it's a gesture to you. It helped you. It could yeah. help your daughter. Yep. Oh, mate, look, thanks very much for that. It's just that... 
it's actually my granddaughter, not my daughter, okay. but <laughs> I just get sick and tired of seeing oh, her hands look, bike and I was oh, looking yeah, at her the dear, other dear, night and dear. it's like a... Yeah, it's like old people's hands, really, yes. when your, your hands oh, really dear, dear. go and lose colour. And Well, look, the uh, the GA Complex Cream incorporates uh, some oil of cade or pine tar. That's what gives it its grey uh, complexion. And also it, it, the, the odour, which I don't mind, a bit of a tarry odour, but it also is based... It does something. It, that's right. It's also based on a substance that, unfortunately, is not as well known as it should be. It is based on an extract of licorice called glycorotinic acid, yeah. and it has steroidal or, or cortisonal characteristics. And yep. and I brought it back into topical preparations probably 30, 35 years ago. After well, it did at, help out my arm, and yeah, as I said, yeah. well, I, the I, John Hunter just couldn't, they'd done every test they yeah. could, and they just couldn't find out what was causing it. Well, that preparation, based on an extract of, of licorice, and also some pine tar or oil of cade in it. I'll send you your granddaughter a jar of that free of charge and happy to do so, Brian. So I, I can just get your number out the book? Yeah, 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 or you can hang on here in the station I'll talk to you. Oh, mate, look, thanks very much. I appreciate it very much. Okay, Brian. Okay, thank you. Have Bye. a good day. And we've got Vicky from Shortland, and she's constantly dry-reaching. doesn't sound very good, Vicky. No, it's not. Vicky, have you... Uh, have you had the condition for very long? I've had it for well over 12 months. Okay. It comes and goes, but yes. it's like, I mean, when your wife's pregnant, it's yes. like that. Okay. It's horrible. Okay. And I can't handle, I can't even say the word, yeah. M-E-A-T. I can't handle uh, red meat. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Let, let me ask you a few questions. Obviously, you've had a good talk with your GP about this condition, have you? Yes, he's just given me a, a pill to stop me from dry reaching. That's okay. all, but I can't. Okay. I can't keep taking okay. it. Now, um, have you? Are you taking any other medication? I'm taking um, Lyrica. Yes. And Somac. Okay. One of the um, and from uh, noticing what you're taking there, um, particularly Somac. You've uh, was that prescribed for this condition? I suspect it was. No, it wasn't. Okay. I, I, like you, uh, but four years ago, um, I had a digestive problem, yes. and they prescribed me that. Okay, there could be a, co a connection there. What I mean, uh, looking at the condition uh, remote, and even talking about it remotely is not doing justice to it. But um, I would certainly pursue it. But from our perspective, uh, from a natural medicine perspective, which yes. uh, differs somewhat. I suggest to to the approach that the mainstream might take. Not that I've got anything against the mainstream; far from it. But uh, nausea uh, and um, dry reaching, as you c call it, in our situation, is frequently connected to liver function and to gallbladder function. And, okay. and frequent. Oh. Have you still got your gallbladder? Yes, I still have my gallbladder and okay. my liver. Okay, and that's I've good. And I've had blood tests and everything like that, and they were fine. Okay, that's good. That, that, that's good. But what we would suggest, and it's only a suggestion, uh, but you've got nothing to lose, um, you can go to a health food store or pharmacy or herbalist and get hold of some dandelion tea. Sometimes Dandy. called dandelion. It's a herb. You see, it's growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, I've heard it before. Dandelion. Dandelion tea. tea. Sometimes called dandelion herb. 
It's not a bad oh. drop, actually. It's uh, frequently available in our supermarkets, believe it or not. Um, yeah. I would suggest uh, you start trying that. It has a very bitter taste. Now, bitter, taste, bitter tasting herbs usually have a benefit on the gut, particularly the upper gut. And uh, oh. that's why sometimes they're even prescribed um, for morning sickness in, oh. in, in pregnancy. So that's one herb that I would be suggesting you try. It is very, very safe and very economical. Uh, also, also, don't overlook the potential of using peppermint tea. Now, peppermint. Pe peppermint tea taken regularly across the day can have a remarkable effect as, a, as an anti-nauseant. It's, it's well known that it has that potential. And uh, in hospitals, it used to be used um, as, as a, a peppermint preparation for patients who were experiencing uh, nausea and vomiting. Taken across the day as a couple of cups of peppermint tea, it could also contribute to lessening the tendency. So I would be suggesting a starting base, run it past your GP, but it's very safe, some dandelion coffee or tea and some um, using of the peppermint tea across the day. They haven't got caffeine in it, have they? No, it? darling, there's no, no caffeine in, in that. Uh, they're very safe. The uh, Peppermint tea is not, not too bad. It's, it's quite refreshing, whereas uh, dandelion coffee or tea is a little bit challenging. But um, I would be suggesting you try those uh, herbs, um, discuss it with your GP. You never know. You might get a breakthrough. Nothing else seems to be doing much for you. Oh, nothing else. No, it's just like you're pregnant again, and it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Oh, dear. My, you've, you've obviously been pregnant, have you, Vicky? Yeah, I've had three children. Well, there you go. You know, you know, you know a bit about Richie, don't you? <laughs> I was going to I was going to ask another question. Are you sure you're not pregnant? But obviously, you've been oh, there and done that. Oh, honey, oh, honey, I'm sixty-seven. Oh, are you? I made you sound very youthful there, Vicky. But uh, yeah, well, I've been into your surgery. I've seen you. Oh, have you? Oh, that'd be a big disappointment. <laughs> Oh, no, it wasn't. It was, um, it was really good. Okay. No, but no. Oh, I may sound young in the voice, but you should see me. Oh in wow! You're probably you're probably doing okay, Vicky. No, no, no underestimate it. <laughs> we all we all grow more beautiful as we get older. We've got to keep telling ourselves that. <laughs> that's what we think. <laughs> but anyway, look, I'm sorry to interrupt your show. No, no, no. But, yeah, that's what the show's about. You've 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 brightened us by your humour and by <laughs> our understanding that you are a, mo a mother who has has much experience in in nausea and reaching. <laughs> let's hope let's hope with a bit of dandelion and peppermint we can take the load off you. I hope so too. Okay, Thank let us so know. Let us know. Done. Okay. Okay, right. take care. Have thanks, a good Vicky. night. Okay. Bye bye. Cheers, thanks, Vicky. It is Health Naturally on 2 and URFM. If you've got a question for Dennis Stewart, you can give us a call at 49216216. Now, Dennis, you try, well, try and get to these Indian and South Asian oh, well, herbs. Okay. Do you want well, yeah. Look, do you want to do now or? Yeah, well, well why not? We okay. started last week on well, it with, <laughs> with Mark. We didn't finish it. I said I was going to We're try get, to finish get, it. Get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let let us just say that when we're talking about South Asian herbs, that, to use that's a technical term, South Asia, mm. and it refers to continental India. Okay, I, I want people to know that we're not talking about 
Indian herbs as in America. We're talking about herbs from South Asia, which is the Indian continent. Yep. And, and as I said last week, the herbal medicine tradition of that uh, continent or that culture is known as Ayurveda. And um, that's called, in, in, um, in our way of looking at it, that means the, the, um, the secret of life or the way of life. And they have a bracket of herbs that uh, form the basis of their Materia Medica. And last week I spoke about a couple of very important ones. Um, one of them was called Shatavari. Mm-hmm. And Shatavari I explained to listeners uh, last week, and I'll say it again today, there's a lot of interest shown in that, is a, a herb that's used in that society and increasingly used in Western herbalism as a herb to help in addressing um, what we call functional infertility. That is, it is a herb that is used to help women who are seeking to conceive, many of whom have had multiple uh, attempts to conceive using modern Western medical technology with no, with no benefit. Shadavari, certainly in my experience, and I think I wrote probably one of the first papers on it, in this country, Shadavari, in my experience, has taken over from the very hard-to-get American group of herbs in being frequently very, very useful and encouraging in helping women finally achieve uh, their their dream of conceiving when the mainstream has failed. I might just say here to listeners and women and couples out there who are still seeking to have children but spent a lot of money and have had one failure after another. Um, If the mainstream is unable to help you, and the mainstream I always refer people to first up, but if the mainstream has been unable to help you, please don't give up by um, work in uh, inducing with herbal medicine successful pregnancies over more than 40 years using the traditional spectrum of herbs these days, including Shadavari, encourages me to say to couples, don't give up. Look at the alternatives in herbal medicine, either with your doctor, your pharmacist, a medical herbalist, Chinese herbalist. Don't give up frequently, particularly with what's called functional or idiopathic um, uh, infertility. The herbal medicine approach is a breakthrough. And if the skeptics out there uh, want to contradict me on that, I would be very happy uh, to present multiple evidences of the success of the traditional approach. Shadavari is a leading remedy, and I spoke a bit about it last week. I'll shut up now. <laughs> and, and, but I, I also last week made the comment, and I hope people didn't think I was being vulgar when I said it, but Shadavari is a Sanskrit word. It pertains to the herb Asparagus racemosa, mm-hmm. which is the botanical name. Shadavari is its Indian or um, uh, Sanskrit term, and it means she who can accommodate a hundred husbands. Now, uh, that was not meant in any way at all to, uh, to sound a bit grubby, but uh, a lot of Sanskrit terminology is very earthy okay. and, and conveys <laughs> yeah. conveys the use of the substance. So a herb in, 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 in um, Ayurveda that is used to promote fertility conveys with it a very figurative language to give you yep. that sort of confidence. So I want to throw that in. We've got a listener. We better get back to that lady. We've got Trish from Fern Bay, and she wants to know the name of the cream that you mentioned earlier to Brian. Hello, Trish. Hello. How, How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you for ringing in. Trish, what I was talking to Brian about was a cream that um, I uh, manufacture or have manufactured for my own practice. It's not 
a cream that uh, is is readily available. It's something that I dispense from my dispensary or supply to yes, people. Yes, that's what I, I planned. I, I thought it would be only available okay. at your now, place. The, the name of the cream is what's called the GA Complex Cream. GA Complex. Now, let me just explain that. Uh, and I won't be too long in explaining it, but GA stands for glycotinic acid, which is the extract, the active principle, the chemical component of the herb licorice. Uh, but the there are two creams. There's the ordinary GA cream, which is a white cream, which is used, if you like, for um, dermatitis in its early or mild stage. Then, right. there's the, then there's the GA complex cream, which incorporates a small amount, a small percentage of either pine tar or oil of cade. Both substances have similar characteristics. That's what gives the... They the, would be for the itch, wouldn't yes, they? Yes, correct. They, and well, I'll just throw in something here for listeners that might help them battle this. Uh, as one who got into uh, natural medicine many years ago as a result of my own uh, history of a, 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 an itchy skin condition, i.e. eczema, um, I, I very early found the benefit of the topical preparations uh, based on, on pine tar. Right. And now, um, pine tar is still used, not as much as it was being used when I started practice over 40 years ago. Uh, the, the, is this the, the one that was used for chicken pox? Uh, it pro- you could use it for chicken pox, I guess. For, uh, as if the, there are various topical lotions and creams, um, particularly lotions that I used based on pine tar, and right. which which gave me great relief from the itch. And the GA uh, complex cream uh, is is very very. Uh, it's like a companion for, to other liquid. Uh, tar products that your pharmacist would stock. I will not mention names, but if you go to your good, good pharmacy, and you know I'm a great supporter of our pharmacists, yes. uh, they would know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about a liquid uh, a, a pine tar preparation that is used very successfully to cope with its conditions. You then superimpose on that or take it in conjunction or use it in conjunction with the GA complex cream and it can frequently give you a breakthrough. Right. I have a friend who has a an undiagnosable rash. Yes. She's had it for almost 12 months now. Yes, yes. And it cleared up, and then it came back again, and she thought it was originally from a bite. Yes. But they've done all the biopsies and everything, and that's not, it's come back negative to any bites. Yes. And they just they, they don't know how to treat her. Okay. And she's tried all the cortisone creams that she mm. can possibly have, yeah. Um and a mammoth of other creams, and it just nothing seems to touch it. The, 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 with the, these sorts of skin conditions, what I said earlier about our traditional approach of using what older blood, what older herbalists and naturopaths would refer to as blood purifiers or detoxifying remedies, that is frequently the way to go, in as much that. Whilst I don't use those terms as much, they nevertheless point to the direction of a bracket of herbs that in our tradition, the Anglo-American tradition of herbal medicine, have been used to address chronic itching skin conditions. And a couple of herbs that I fall back on with with great confidence, and I'll mention them to you because they are easily procured uh, from a herbalist or a naturopathic practice, but one of the leading remedies that I use is a herb called heart's ease. Right. 
Right. And a second herb uh, that I use uh, is stinging nettle. And that is in a dried form, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, what was that one again? Stinging nettle. Stinging nettle. And uh, a third one uh, would be a herb called clivers, which, which, by the way, for herb enthusiasts, is uh, available at present in the wild. Um, it's a cold climate herb. This time uh, it's poking its head up. But they are three herbs that a herbalist who knows the British herbal pharmacopoeia would uh, draw on to treat a stubborn, long-standing, chronic, itching skin condition right. in, con in conjunction, conjunction with the topical preparations that I've referred to, um, there could be a breakthrough there. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Dennis. Thank you, Trish. It, um, it is driving her oh, quite I've, mad, actually. I've been, quite sore. I've been there. I've been there. That's what got me into this profession. I know a lot about uh, an itch and I know a lot about... Uh, the benefit of, of this approach that I've discussed with you, controversial as it may be, but I'm a controversial per person, many will tell you that, but that's fine, I don't mind, I'm too old to be worried about that now. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Trish. It's Health Naturally on 2NURFM, 103.7. Dennis, you've had two herbs you want to talk about today. The second one you want to talk about is withania. Yeah, I touched oh. on that last week very briefly and just to reiterate what I said, withania is um, also known as ashwagandha. And um, ashwagandha, interestingly, in, in um, Sanskrit, can be translated the smell of a horse. Yep. It's a very figurative language, yes. a descriptive language uh, uh, with, with Sanskrit. Now, it is a herb that is used uh, in, in uh, Ayurvedic medicine and increasingly in Western herbal medicine to, to help... Um, in what might be referred to as male infertility problems, um, males who uh, have been shown to have uh, problems um, with their reproductive chemistry uh, use withania, I call it withania somniferum, that's its botanical name, or ashwagandha. Uh, in Ayurvedic medicine, they would have access to ashwagandha or withania uh, for helping to promote fertility, sperm count, sperm motility, etc. Not that well known um, in Western herbalism. I, I use it frequently. A number of practitioners, one of them a medical practitioner that I trained some time ago who works in male infertility, I suspect she might be using the, the substance as well. Ashwagandha is available in our health food stores and pharmacies and herbal outlets primarily for its use as what's called a nervine to address, if you like, mild states of uh, anxiety or depression. But in traditional Ayurvedic medicine, my belief is it's used more popularly as a male herb uh, to address infertility conditions. So they were two that I wanted to touch on. Almost out of time for another week, but before you go, mm. I'll ask you if you can touch on turmeric. Turmeric, lovely to touch it's, on. It's an Indian herb? or It is. Look, well, it's the basis of curry. Okay, yeah. Sure, you've eaten curry. Oh, once or twice. So. <laughs> okay. Turmeric is the basis of, of curry. It's one of the herbs in curry. Uh, but these days, turmeric is also the basis of um, uh, remedies that are frequently uh, known as, as curcumin. Okay, yeah. And, and I want to mention that curcumin, even though it comes from turmeric, has a limited action. That is, curcumin isolated from turmeric, 
is used as a mild anti-inflammatory and a mild analgesic agent. Um, it's quite successful in dealing with arthritic pain and distress at the milder levels. When you're talking about turmeric, however, whilst turmeric contains curcumin, it's not equatable just with curcumin. Turmeric has many other principles in it. And when it's used as part of a diet and taken regularly, as it would be, say, in a South Asian diet, it has a remarkable effect, particularly uh, in working against pretty serious diseases. There's evidence to suggest in the book entitled Foods That Fight Cancer by yep. the two Canadian uh, physiologists that it has some evidence to suggest that it helps particularly the large bowel resist cancerous activity. Okay. Now, um, uh, Bellevue, um, and I oh, forget the other writer's name, but a very well-known book I've mentioned on this program frequently, Foods to Fight Cancer uh, by two Canadians. Uh, in that book, Turmeric has given a remarkable description of its benefits and a table to indicate that where turmeric, as in South Asia, is used frequently and as a regular part of the diet, there seems to be less active cancer activities on certain organs. Mm -hmm. Prostate was one and the large bowel was one. So as a food in the diet, uh, it might not be as effective as curcumin in isolation, but it may have some significant benefits in fighting, fighting the fight against cancer. Right. It's a bit of a superfood, turmeric, isn't it? Oh, that's you've 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 latched onto it there, mate. <laughs> you're right with it today, aren't you? I'm all over it. Oh, I, I did some reading beforehand. Oh, okay. <laughs> this no, I'm very impressed. No, well, it's it's not another kale. No, no. Okay, right. It's, <laughs> I don't actually like too much kale, yeah. but I I love uh, turmeric, particularly in curry. Yeah, I'll beat you at any day in a curry. In a curry, any day. Oh, Bring it in, I'll beat you. You've mentioned this before with chilies and yeah, I'll beat you. Next week I've got a jar of chilli. I'll yeah. bring it in. Well, if I'm prepared to participate in that if you have the other half of the sandwich with it. Right, okay. <laughs> we, might need, we might need someone else to do health naturally with us next week. Okay. I'll bring a tub of yogurt in as well. Away we go. Dennis Stewart, thank you very much. We'll thank catch you for a chilli off next week. A good program, Greg. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>